It's that time of year, boys and girls. Can you believe it? I know I can't. I know what you're thinking. This is going to be expensive. How am I going to pay for all this? Have you seen the economy lately? Can we put Christmas on pause? You can't. It's going to be here sooner rather than you think. And I'm here to help at SaveWithConrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. You don't have to make a payment in December. You're done until January. And come January, you're going to have a happier new year. Because it'll be with no credit card debt. It'll be with lower monthly payments. We can knock out your car payment. We can get rid of your second mortgage. We can pay off all your credit cards. We can get you the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home and do it with no money out of pocket. Don't get stressed out about the holidays. Just go to savewithconrad.com right now. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And it just takes a few minutes to get started. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, serious business, get a lower monthly payment. Make this the best Christmas ever. And skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. Oh, you didn't know? It's that time, so come on down. We're walking to the dog's town. Rodeo Double G, dog and cash. Talking shop, reminiscing on a flashback. Hall of Fame name with a legacy that's long. Welcome back to the show. It's Road Dog and Cassio, and you're listening to Oh, You Didn't Know. I don't know why I have to put my hands like this or two by fours like this. It does make a megaphone sound. It does. It, it, it sounds does like help. a megaphone. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Oh, oh, yeah, it does. It does. It makes a difference. Uh, <laughs> audibly. You, are audibly. Those, yeah, are those spiders on your shirt? Oh, God. Is there a spider on me? What is that? No, it's oh, helicopters. Helicopters. Oh, that's a cool shirt. And, and, and it, you know where I got this shirt from? And this is an interesting little tidbit of a story for those of you who are not watching, who are listening, uh, which is a much better approach if you've seen me before. Um, <laughs> the, the T-shirt I'm wearing came from Colonel Willie's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Colonel Willie. There's a lot of jokes there. But he's okay. the guy who owned and drove the original Jeep uh, in, in Norfolk. Uh, when we invaded WCW, when Degeneration yes. invaded, so so we went recently on the AEWs, and I think uh, AEWs, A and E. Uh, <laughs> it's all channels I don't watch. It's what I'm saying is that A and E had a treasure <laughs> WWE treasure hunt where we went and tried to buy the Jeep from the guy. So they had this uh, they had this um, shirt, which is their kind of their stuff. He wants to open up a, a museum, and it's it's kind of fitting because we're going to talk about. Uh, driving that Jeep, uh, and I'm not sure if this was the specific Jeep or not, but we we definitely NXT attacked uh, SmackDown, and we're gonna t- we're gonna cover that and my fading memory um, <laughs> in in <laughs> in this upcoming episode. But yeah, the guy's name was Colonel Willie. He passed on, and he left it all to his uh, son John. Yep. I think the last name is Warren, John Warren. Um, and man, I spent the day with them, and and. Uh, the amount of uh, historic 
uh, military memorabilia and in uniform, full uniforms from some of the first Marine paratroopers. And I mean, he's just got so much to look at. It's like, you can't take it all in, but, and, and, uh, like a Japanese machine gun and like his, oh. his, yeah, his, uh, his collection is incredible. And so I could have stayed there all day. Um, Needless to say, we tried to buy the Jeep from him. He said $300,000. We said, why don't you keep it? And, uh, and I'll tell you what we'll do is maybe every now and then we fly you and the Jeep up and, and hang out. And we actually did that. That was the Jeep that we drove out in uh, at Degeneration X 25th anniversary um, edition. You're, I feel like you can hang out with him 300 times for instead of 300,000 once. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Either way, either way, we're gonna get it a couple times, and he's gonna he's gonna have to shine it. You know what I mean? Like that's hey, we literally had like thirty five grand to negotiate, and and we so I finally said to probably him, probably not. Hey, I said, hey sir, so I don't want to you know insult you by throwing out. I need you to throw out a number. You know what I mean? Like what are you gonna? And he's like, okay, three hundred thousand dollars. Mick Foley and me both went like, oh. Don't even say, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to insult you with our, we're not going to give you a counter. We're just going to say, we're not going to meet in the middle. Yeah. It was, uh, but it was anyway, that's what this shirt's all about. And if you, but if you do see a spider, we've had the, uh, guy, the the (laughs) pest guy come out a few times. (laughs) By the way, seeing you and Mick Foley coming to negotiate with me, I feel like I'm going to win. Hey, and wait till this one comes out because you're not supposed to talk about it or whatever. But <laughs> right, I, but know, we are. They haven't paid me anything yet for doing <laughs> sure, it, so sure. uh, <laughs> so I feel like I'm, there's no confidentiality. There. Well, I can do fire you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even work it. for. I work for you. Um, I do watch A and E though. I'll take that back that I stated earlier. A and E has developed a cool uh, system of not only like uh, you know. Uh, what, what's the dark side of football, dark side of comedy, dark side yeah. of wrestling, dark side. Like all of those are very interesting to me. And also they've just started doing uh, first 48, uh, which is a huge like uh, procedural. First 48. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, they have a, come up on a scene and they video the whole. Oh, they picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I they love first 48. I do too. Day. And so they, they started playing that and now they got some things called killer cases, which are all about like ser- the cases of serial killers <laughs> and stuff. Just, just interesting, interesting watching stuff. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to watch the Jeffrey Dahmer TV show. Well, I want to watch what really happened. You know what I mean? I want to see what actually happened. You want to listen to tapes and stuff. Hey, and truth be told, I tried to watch that Jeffrey Dahmer thing. I watched it. I, I First segment or whatever it is, whatever first episode... I said, I will not watch one more second of this show. Why? It makes it made me physically uncomfortable okay. and and I'm not gonna sit through it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's not like I'm a wrestling fan and I will watch this even though I hate it. Um I will I, I I'm not putting myself through that. And it was it was just I don't know if it was his acting or it was just so slow and well, humdrum and that's how he was or whatever, but I I don't know, man. It was just made me uncomfortable. Like, did you ever get into American Horror Story? Uh, yeah, yeah, I loved him. In so it's American the same Horror guy Story. on that yeah, same, same Evan Peters, he's Lobster Ron Boy, Murphy. right? He was Lobster yeah. Boy. He's, he's been. That's the ones I remember. I date myself, uh, but, <laughs> no, I, but I watched. I, I watched those, and and I loved him in that. I think he's a great actor. You just it, didn't dig it. I didn't dig it, man, and that's just me. Everybody else watched it. My children all watched it. Me and my wife started to watch it, and I and I looked at her and I said. 
do you want to sit through this? Like, we know what happens. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, we've, we've, we've seen all this in reality. Um, and also, the, like, I'm not smart. You know what I mean? Don't make me think too much when I'm watching my, my uh, entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to be entertained. I'm not supposed to be working, doing math timeline problems. Uh, they would go back and forth, and I would be look at my daughter and be like, where are we at now? Like, who's yeah, they, they did a lot of jumping. <laughs> they did, once it did got back passed. and forth, and it, and it kind of confused me up front, like algebra. And then I just throw in the towel. It's like, no, <laughs> okay. six plus e doesn't equal some crap because e is a letter. <laughs> algebra. Um, <laughs> I thought you were about to confuse me with algebra again, like you did the other week. So that's some algebra. everywhere in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my fault. If they spray luminol, <laughs> this place is going to look like a disco, but like a bowling alley after He's dark. Scattered. <laughs> and beep all, all over our faces. Shamal. <laughs> I want to hit you with a shamal to rub it in. <laughs> and like, and yet you don't like jazz, but you like scatting and bebopping. It's, it's, it is weird. It is weird <laughs> because like I love balance. the instruments of jazz. <laughs> like I love it. I love the horns, the saxophone. I, I don't even know if these are instruments right. of jazz, but I love that. Uh, what is that called? Brass. Music. The brass. Oh yeah, brass. Yeah, set, you know what I mean? Like I love that stuff. And I don't know. I, I like Just some, gets a little too like away some, from you. Yeah, I like some, I guess, like, uh, and I don't know what you call it, but New Orleans-y, like, bluesy jazz. You know what oh, I mean? Like, I don't on, know. I, I love when they yeah. play their funerals. You know what I mean? Like when, they, <laughs> when they march with the funerals and they have the, you ever seen those? And they're, I'm not big on your albums, but if y'all could just keep jamming at funerals, that'd be great. <laughs> they are incredible. And I mean, they got And you, weddings? They when are, they do the, what do they, they call are, it? The first line or whatever when you're going down the weddings? Yeah, and, and white people do the bourbon? chicken dance. Like, I mean, come on. Good Lord, <laughs> white people. What are we doing out here? Okay, well, look. <laughs> They're tearing it up. They're <laughs> celebrating life. We're doing the goddamn chicken dance. All right, let me okay. tell you where there was no chicken dances. Dog. Where's that? That was when NXT invaded the main roster after oh, you some wanna, uh, Do you want to talk issues. about some wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I Not really, sure. but I know me and you sure. could riff all day. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the people listening wanted to hear about they probably NXT. Probably want to hear about it. Yeah. Cool. Um, I get that. Let's just say some issues arrived in Saudi Arabia, and NXT had to step up. So let's get to all this. There's a okay. lot to digest. There really in is. In front of the camera, behind the camera, the but whole deal. Also, so also such a on t- on top of the water, such a seamless transition and and move forward both creatively and and uh, and from a business standpoint. So let's get into it. It was like a duck. We didn't see them legs. Duck on the water, man. Yeah. Them legs are going ninety to nothing. But on right. top, when you're watching, you go like, "Wow, that looks really <laughs> well planned out." Like he's, he's a swell, well, he's a swell swimmer. Look at him moving along. He's a swell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. Can we have that as a shirt? I'm yes. a swell swimmer. I, how, look, how many shirts do we have when we actually <laughs> the, don't? The best part is we have none on the website, That's but the we got a lot part. right here. <laughs> They're ideas. Right I'm an idea here. man. Yeah. I need no, somebody no. to put pen to paper. Yeah, I'm just spit. I'm just a spitter. I'm just a spitter. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong, or did it? I'm not sure. 
I can't wait for that to be on our TikTok stream. Uh, speaking of, go follow, like, subscribe, wherever you're consuming this. Let us know uh, what you think about the episodes, what you want to see next, any questions we missed about any of the topics. Please leave a five-star rating if you got that option. Uh, and subscribe. Turn on notifications, the whole deal. Interact with us. We want to hear from the Pod Pound. All right? Here we go. We're in Saudi Arabia. Dog, at this point, uh, SmackDown just debuted on Fox in early October of 2019. What is your role in the company at this point? Are you are working with NXT doing what? Excuse me. So at this point, I'm at NXT, and they actually gave me a class to teach uh, about wrestling. And, uh, And yes... I know what you're thinking. Um, what, what would you have to teach people about wrestling? Uh, that was well, the I first time this... you and class have been involved. <laughs> Me, class, and wrestling. Any of those things, uh, you know, do not do not are not in my wheelhouse. But uh, but so for a, for a period of time, I did have a uh, have a wrestling class, and we mostly just sat around and uh, and talked about wrestling. But but I'll tell you who who was in that class that I had, and it, and it wasn't you know this is just a how cool the class was, was uh, uh, the Street Profits were in that class. Madcap Moss, uh, who was Riddick Moss at the time, um, was in that class. Uh, big Dan Matha, who doesn't work here anymore, but he was a big, big, good-looking guy who was a great athlete. Um, uh, the male models were in my class. Uh, yeah. So to me, like all the fun, entertaining tag teams were in my class. And so maybe there was some uh, method to the madness. But we did a lot of sitting around and just talking about wrestling because like I, I think there's, I think there's writ- unwritten rules in the wrestling industry. And I, and I can't think of them right now because they're not written down. <laughs> but <laughs> I think as they come up and it's just weird feeling stuff, but that used to, it used to be common knowledge and now it's not anymore. So I would just talk to him more about that. Uh, and about, it's just about respect to other people. Like look at a guy, um, I saw, uh, excuse me. It was a female. I saw her cover a person like loosely and, and it didn't look like she was trying to beat her, but it was the finish. And that's, that's disrespectful to the person I'm beating. You know what I mean? If I don't cinch them up and make it look like I'm trying to win and, and they're trying to not lose, you know what I mean? And, and it's a competition. I, I got to cover that, you know, so there's little things that people wouldn't think about and people coming up in the industry don't think about that used to be common knowledge. And so it's just, uh, to me, skull sessions were the way to go uh, because I can't, Look, I can't teach you timing if you don't have timing. I can't teach you uh, the gift of gab promo uh, skills if you don't if you can't do it. You know what I mean? So it's I can just talk you to the water, and then it's up to you to drink and where you go from there. And so, I, look, it was really fun for me. But that's your question was where I was. Where was I at this point? I had just gotten to NXT. Um, I'd been there a minute at this point, but not too long. And and I was having a great time. I just hadn't found the spot yet that we that I needed to be in we 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 haven't found hadn't found yet where I needed to be where I would be best uh, best utilized is there a name to that class official name or is it just hey I mean are we, we meeting at the same time same week or what yeah no it was believe you me at the at NXT there's training every day yeah. all day and and it's and so it would be I would have a class you know, three, three times a week, maybe. Um, and then once I became later in that, in that NXT career, I became the, uh, 
director of character development. And so it was, uh, I did have a team, team dog was myself and Ryan Katz, Gabe Sapolsky, uh, and uh, another individual that, that worked with, well with anime uh, and everything, uh, Mark Fujita was his name. And, uh, and so we were the team and we, all we did was focus on character, characteristics, um, music, gear, uh, catchphrase, you know what I mean? Like we just uh, encompassed everything that you're going to be when we present you to the world on television, you're going to be ready. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to be as, as dialed into this character and who you are as we're going to get. And so that was problematic. And I know I'm ranting a little bit, but that was problematic later on when they'd go up to the, to the main roster and, and they would change some of the things that, that we did down there. And it would just confuse the individual and kind of confuse the audience too. Um, but again, that's, Our, uh, that's for the class, over spilt milk. For the class and then the uh, character development, are, are you handpicking those people? Or are somebody assigning them? Or is that no, everybody no, no. and then you start no, focusing? They are, no, they are handpicked by different uh, scouts. It used to be Regal and uh, Canyon Seaman, who was, uh, who was down there, and Matt Bloom. Um, so so some, some guys that are high up and been there a while kind of do the talent scouting and the hiring uh, and firing. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we'd, we'd get the talent, and then you just sit with them because it's literally uh, a brand-new canvas, you know what I mean? An artist looking at a brand-new canvas and, and, and sitting down and going, who are you? What are what are you? What do you like? What do you do? You know what I mean? And you and you start to learn about these people, and then you you have an idea, and they and you collaborate with the individual, of course, but also you know in our bubble. And then we would take that. Okay, we feel really good about who this person is. Like Tiffany Stratton. I don't know if you've seen her, but she's a blonde. She's she calls herself Buff Barbie, and she's blonde and she's jacked up, and she used to be in a. Uh, um, gymnast a gymnast and she can do all the dude she came and and it was like we came up with who she was and what she was because she was kind of really that way you know what i mean and it was not a stretch for her but she would have to lay it on and we came up with the whole you know daddy didn't think you should i should do that you know what i mean like she was a rich girl and like it, it just felt really good and natural and we took that to Sean and, and uh, Johnny Russo, the writers and everything, and they kind of tweaked it and, and maneuvered it, but it stayed true. A couple people we took, and they were like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. It feels forced. And so we'd have to go back. And, but, yeah, it was, it was us creating the Tony D'Angelo, us, us creating, but just kind of utilizing what they already have and what they like and what they – and Tony D'Angelo was like a great wrestler, uh, collegiate wrestler kind of that shooter style. But he could talk like, you know, he could talk like Tony D. And he did it. And it was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And so, you know, now he's, now he's a well-known character on NXT. A so. third D'Angelo. That's exactly yeah. what we need. <laughs> that's all we need. Yeah. Uh, this, are one, you, is this one actually could crack uh, pistachios with his thighs. <laughs> I hear that's what they do at Thanksgiving around the D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> the D'Angelo table. Are you, um, is everyone going to you or they just go, you know what? This person needs to spend time with dog in his class. No, everyone, everyone, okay. uh, came. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it was, but it was when I got them, they were already pretty good wrestlers. Like they were sound in the ring or they wouldn't have been spending time with me. Uh, but I all, really, all I did was tell them about, you know what I mean? Like, like have a good time. How, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I just. 
I just talked to them about, they had questions, I had answers, you know what I mean? We just talked. Uh, and again, we would watch stuff back and I would show them, like, see how he did that. You know what I mean? And just, it was just uh, more of me talking and them listening and them asking questions and, you know what I mean? It was and studying film and just skull sessions. Like I said, it was, I'm not going to teach them how to wrestle. You know what I mean? <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't my job. Hopefully that wasn't my job. But I tell you who I did train uh, in the wrestling ring, Fergal McDivitt. I don't, all, heard, oh, don't know if you've heard of him. Was he in that Buff Barbie class and all he that? Was, D'Angelo yep, yep. and all Fergal that? Fergal McDivitt worked with D'Angelo in Puerto Rico nice. uh, under the uh, pseudonym uh, Studi Baker. I, I could talk about your class. That might need to be a separate podcast because I could okay. get real deep in the weeds on this. Uh, but where does... Where does this job rank in your litany of roles in WWE? Maybe fun-wise, maybe oh, fun, hierarchy? Fun-wise, fun it was the best. It was the best Fulfilling. job. I really, I really had a team of, of, uh, of guys that I felt like I touched, and they touched me. Uh, that came out wrong. No, I, I First, felt like emotional. I, I, yeah, yeah, it was. Not it was. <laughs> I was just not kidding. physical. Yeah. I was just kidding. Follow me. Uh, <laughs> I I felt like I had a, a like a for real emotional like they were my class. That was my class. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think they liked to come to class, and I liked them to come to class. And and uh, and I developed some cool relationships with several of the guys that continue to this day. And some of them don't even work here anymore. You know. And so I don't know. It was just a really cool moment for me to share with some younger guys on a on a individual basis you know what i mean like I, it was it was 10 guys or something you know what i mean 12 guys uh sitting in a circle in a ring with my fat butt telling them how to wrestle uh <laughs> just money just flying out the window <laughs> <laughs> you've you've said from the jump you've always been close with hunter and sean but what's your relationship how close are you at this point are you are you seeing each other day to day or what, what's it yeah, like? Yeah, I work. Look, I worked with Sean every day for three years down there. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I would usually drive home and then go back Sunday and do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday again. So it was, and he and he would commute from his house to, to NXT as well. So I worked with Sean every day, and and Hunter. Uh, twice a week you know what i mean like what definitely a phone call and definitely a meeting in person or or a skype meeting you're gonna go over creative for the show so it was yeah i work working with this it's as close as i've ever worked with them tell you the truth is is uh other than you know in dx Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, Crown Jewel is the fourth WWE show that took place in Saudi Arabia. What did you think of those shows and their presentation? Well, look, I think a lot of people uh, have an opinion one way or another. I think when you look at it from a business standpoint, and and I don't know how else a business is supposed to look at it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a smart business transaction. And I think the shows, what a presentation, man. They look great. They, uh, they, they put their money where their mouth is and they, and they put on a great, great show and look, they do it. They've been doing it every year now. They're going, going again here soon. And they have another great card. Um, so I look, I think it's, it's, 
it's not considered one of the big four pay-per-views or whatever. You know, there are extracurricular pay-per-views, and this is one of them. And what better a place to, uh, in my opinion, from a, a business standpoint, Logan Paul, this big, huge uh, star with all these followers and everything, to have this match in Saudi. Like, you know, I, I don't... I don't think you want to have that match at Survivor Series. I don't think you want to have that match at maybe WrestleMania because this guy's a special kind of outside talent. Um, but I think they're going to have a great match and impress everybody. And what a better place to present that at than Saudi Arabia live on on, on a premium live event, you know. Looking back on it, it's, I mean, it's tough to think about. You have a show booked in Saudi Arabia on October 31st of 2019. And then you have a live show in SmackDown the very next night in yeah. Buffalo. There's a lot of reasons, looking back on it, that yeah. was probably a tight, let alone we're not even factoring in if there's going to be a travel issue. But then, of course, the nightmare occurs. Dog, tell me what you remember when you first hear that some of the roster are stuck and can't get over here. How does that start breaking to you? So, so I didn't know about it until we literally had a meeting about it and, and was a meeting where Hunter kind of let us all know. And I think, I think Hunter, I mean, uh, Sean already knew, but I, I kind of heard it for the first time with the rest of the writing team. And it was, look, the, the, to me. What is that, late at night, early in the morning? When is um, this? It was earlier in the morning. It was in the morning. We had just got so about the 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, to me, the headline of this whole story is what we came up with and what we executed out of the situation that we were in. You know what I mean? Like it's, but that's what WWE does. That's what Vince McMahon did. Uh, that's what Hunter will do going forward. They gamble, they gamble, but they bet on themselves every time. And, and Vince says, we can do this. And everybody around him goes, yes, sir. And they start getting to work on how do we do this? And it was the same way with the WWE network. Like we had a WWE network and nobody knew how to do it. Nobody knew how to run a, run a network. Nobody knew what, what to do. Like, where do we even start? I don't know, but we're, we better figure it out by this date. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and the people around him, like that's, you know what I mean? That's leadership. And so, and so this was no different. We, we can do it make it happen and and people who have the power start making stuff happen so i think this was completely doable it, it ended up being I, I didn't i didn't hear all the true stories or all the uh, the nightmares but like it ended up being like a security issue and all this and it kind of made them late if everything would have gone as planned it would have worked uh, you'd have had some tired talent but you would have executed your 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 smackdown show as planned you know do you think this was pre-thought out as in, hey, if we have travel issues, let's have NXT ready? Or was this purely we are reacting to the moment? So, so for me personally, it was a reaction to the moment. I can't say that that wasn't a plan B uh, going back because I wasn't sitting in on those meetings anymore. But, okay. but I felt like it was we might have to go do this. And as from that, from we might have to go do this to, okay, we're going to do this. There was a lot of thinking in between there. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so it, it, and look again, that's what WWE does. And I don't know if it's the caliber of the talent, a caliber of the, the uh, leadership, the caliber of what, but when things like this happen, uh, they, they turn poop into Shinola every, every time, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you don't have people, and, and, his mo and, and his 
one mantra that I remember is don't tell me how it doesn't work. Don't tell me it won't work. Tell me how it will. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't just go, I'm sorry, we can't. That's not possible, sir. You know what I mean? No, no, don't say that to me. Tell me how we can make it work. Come to me with an idea. And that, that was his philosophy. And that's when he said to do stuff, people said, yes, sir, perfect. And then they went away and went, how the f- are we supposed to do this? And they figured it out. And that's, that's the WWE in a nutshell, man. Think about what we're about to talk about and how it was executed and what an emergency scenario it, it was. You know what I mean? And we'll talk more about it. Uh, yeah. You said you weren't in all the meetings at this point in time. Do you remember any other plans? Was there any talk of, hey, maybe we do this, maybe we do this, and we landed on NXT, or was not, not on from not, your not, yeah, okay. not to my, not my knowledge. It okay. was we look. You'll remember Daniel Bryan didn't go because of a stance he was making. Right. So Daniel Bryan was available. And Daniel Bryan, and, and everybody said, look, if you if this is a big deal to you, you don't have to go. It was a very common thing like you don't you don't need to go several people said i'm not going okay cool yeah that was not a problem and brian to prove what a what a uh like a loyal stud he he is he stayed and did a job for adam cole in the main event of smackdown you know what i mean like he he did he yeah we're gonna get into that but he didn't just say i'm not going and taking his ball and went home he said i'm not going over there but i'll do great business for you here domestically and so I, yeah, kudos to Daniel Bryan for that. And again, we will talk, get into that a little bit earlier. Are you later. at the show in Buffalo? Was that the original plan? I, I was not at the show in Buffalo. Okay. I was in uh, the the mix, uh, creating and, and coming up with what we were going to do and, and stuff like that. But I was not at the show. I was at the show and drove that Jeep. Uh, I believe it was the Go Home to Survivor Series or so, something like that. We'll probably talk about that here in a minute, too. And the only reason I remember that is because I probably read it in the notes. So at this this point in time, you're, you're teaching classes, character developmental. And at this point specifically, you were teaching the class. Did you consider NXT developmental or more as a third brand? So this is a, to me, this is a philosophical question. Okay. And, and, and And it's, it's, I can answer it any way I want to, but I, it doesn't matter what I say. I always saw it as a, I don't know that I looked at it as either, to be quite honest with you, but I, I'll tell you who thought about it and like what. Like I felt like Hunter thought about it as a third brand, and, and, I, and I think once we got that TV deal, that's a legitimate argument. You know what I yeah. mean? Like is this a third, is this a third uh, revenue generator? You know what I mean? So, so, so is it a third brand? And so that's definitely an argument to be made for that. I think Vince always saw it as developmental. Like, oh, it's small ball. It's, and, and I look, I think to, to his dismay, he did that a little bit. But I think there was probably some professional uh, rivalry. You know what I mean? Between Because look, NXT was young and shiny and all the internet people were talking all how great it was. And so I totally understand if I, for me, writing SmackDown, I used to get ticked off because they would bury my show and put over NXT, you know what I mean? And that was when it was the awesome black and gold and NXT was to be to be right. uh, cherished at that time for a true wrestling fan. And so I don't know, it's it's a philosophical, uh, philosophical question and I think one guy's philosophy was totally different than the other guy's philosophy. And, and for mine, like I think it can be both. I think it can be developmental, but it also can uh, generate revenue and some of the... Uh, 
you know, it made room for some of the people to come in, like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Some of the people that are on top of the world now kind of came filtered through that system, um, you know, by design. And so, so hey, here's how kind of we do things. We do things a little differently here in WWE than you did at OVW, ROH, wherever you used to wrestle, you know. And so... I thought it was a bit of both, a bit of a developmental and a and a and a revenue generator. So I don't know. It's 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 up to you to to see how you like it. You know what I mean? It kind of blurred the lines for everybody as well because this does occur in the first month of the AEW versus NXT war or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That was that was the early timing of AEW's here and now NXT is directly here with them. Yeah. So whether it was developmental you know, a lot of people. Well, I tell you hey. what, I used to I used to love to say it was developmental when they beat us in the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's our developmental when we're yeah. not. Winning. What are you beating? You're beating our third string team. <laughs> Let's go. Good job, guys. Oh, dog! It is never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. So whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this season be jolly with a manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code D-O-G-G for free shipping and 20% off. If you don't know what we're talking about right now, we're talking about Manscaped's Platinum Package 4.0. It's the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything you need to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has each product from the best-selling performance package plus ultra-premium body wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner and Ultra Premium Deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat down to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's also a 4,000K LED light. You know what? That is so bright, it can light the way like Rudolph. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Packages shower products. All of Manscaped's shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new Body Buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. So here's how you can get yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code D-O-G-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And you know what code to use. Dog. Manscaped. Get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Let's go back uh, to the event, to the actual night. How hard is it to coordinate getting everyone from Florida 
where NXT is based of out down. We got to get them to Buffalo ASAP. Yeah. Well, look. So when stuff like that happens, when when situations like this occur in in WWE world, there's never uh, a skimp. Never. I'm sure there was a. I know for a fact there was a charter that landed in Orlando yeah. at, at the at the little jet area there, and the talent got bussed over there from the performance center and got on that jet and flew them to Buffalo, and you know what I mean. So it was, and they had hotel rooms there, or they might they might have flown back. To tell you the truth, they might have flown back that night um, after the show. I think they did. Uh, but but when when things like this happen and and it, it requires uh, an extra touch, there's always resources available. They always make resources available. And that's one thing I always loved about working for them is they take care of you, man. They, they treat you right. They take care of you. Um, and they get you there in style. Do you remember anybody not being able to make it up? You couldn't get a hold of them in time or anything like that? No. Everybody okay. we wanted to go was was there. You know what I mean? And it was... It was uh, Kind of an look down there is a little tricky too because you kind of work for them and so you kind of if you told hey meet us here at ten o'clock you kind of meet there at ten o'clock it's not like you go yeah I'm not feeling this I'm not you know if you were you know if you're Seth Rollins and or Matt Riddle or our top top talent and you go I don't know if I'm going to make it or not but when you're an NXT talent you go yes sir what time do we show up you know what right. I mean so it's a little bit different uh, mentality. There's been a lot of rumor and innuendo about everything that happened in Saudi Arabia. We kind of hit on it, but just as far as surface level or whatever you want to tell us behind the scenes, what do you know of what happened? I, and, I, and look, that's, I'd love to give you the juicy details. I just don't know them, and right. I didn't know them. From, from what I understood, they stopped the plane and came back on to, to search again and had to take it back to, to where it docked at or whatever. So I, I, don't, I didn't hear anything other than there was security issues that held us up at the, at the airport. So I don't really know what went down and what didn't go down. I'd love to find out though. Do you know? Well, the observer knows. Oh, so I'm going to read do. from the observer because cool. they know more than you. Okay. They do. I, that's not, uh, <laughs> you know, I try to have a life when I'm not at work. I try to like love my wife and stuff. So I don't know. Call me well, crazy. Here's from the, Call here's me from, crazy. <laughs> here's, here's from the observer under crisis of sorts, a number of NXT top talent, was told on 11-1 that they were needed in Buffalo for SmackDown. They came down to the wire as they didn't arrive on their own chartered flight until 7.55 p.m. First of all, do you remember that, Road Dog? Yes, I remember they barely made it because there, okay. was, a, there was issues again getting there. And so they, they literally landed and made it to there just in time for the show to, to start. So, yeah. Are you guys talking remember. over the story on the plane? Or, oh, or, yeah. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. We're they, texting they be going back and forth because me and Johnny Russo are in are in Orlando and Sean and Hunter are, are on the plane. So we're literally going back and forth via text and email and everything about, hey, what if so-and-so did this? And, what you know, just, just spitballing ideas. And so we'll get to, uh, get to the creative and decision-making process here in a moment, I believe. From the Observer, with the exception of the first segment, which was a Lesnar segment, which are all a combination of Vince McMahon and Heyman, as well as Lesnar signing off, all the other segments, which was basically the NXT invasion with NXT talent kicking the ass of SmackDown talent in every segment, was largely the brainchild of Mr. Paul. Yeah, still. So it, yeah, it, 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 was, it was. It was definitely uh, match suggestions, everything. But, but look... 
it wasn't Paul's ball yet. You know what I mean? And, and that's just the truth of it. It wasn't his ball yet. But but Vince knew he needed this to put his show on the air. And Vince is look, he was a great promoter. Uh, I would get he would get the he would put a show on no matter what the scenario. The show must go on. And so, look, he knows when to do what and and, and what to do when. And that's what he did. Was he sat back and he said, okay, these are your guys. I'm not going to try to use them like I know what all about them. How would you use them? And so we all, you know what I mean? There was a million suggestions, and the, the show's the one we landed on. What I do believe I remember is that Lesnar thing was supposed to be on either set, either uh, at the crossover sag at the, at the uh, 10 o'clock hour, or I'm sorry, the 9 o'clock hour, or, uh, or the main event of the show. But because they landed so late, they had to put – Lesnar on first and try to buy some time, but they made it and, and uh, the rest is history. But yeah, that was, uh, that was scary all the way around. But like, look, what, what, a what a, sometimes when you, when you have a overseas tour and, and this happens a lot, you have to have a SmackDown show with half your crew gone and you have to really make chicken salad out of, out of chicken poop. And so a lot of the times those shows feel fresh and fun to watch because it is, because it's stuff we wouldn't normally do. And, and we're throwing everything at the wall to almost to make you uh, look at the new shiny toys and not think about all the guys that are gone, you know? And, and how do we put on a show for tonight? And we'll worry about tomorrow then. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of people's ideas, though. It's, uh, to say it was all Hunter's idea, I don't think it's fair, but it, was, it definitely came from his camp, for sure. Uh, the Observer goes on to say this ended up being a blessing in disguise in a number of ways. The main event where Adam Cole retained the NXT title over Daniel Bryan was a classic match, wrestled in a very different style than normally seen in WWE. It was very technical, but also strongly physical, more like a New Japan main event. Bryan, as a wrestler slash worker in this match, put on the best individual performance in a match in a main roster ring in a long time with the new characters all being pushed hard, the show came across as fresh. Where it goes from here is a question. It makes sense to have NXT guys on Raw or SmackDown leading to Survivor Series. Plus, giving more exposure to the brand should help it in the ratings. And yep. whatever happened on Friday is not something that anyone should be ultra-critical of regarding the idea of brand exclusivity because under the circumstances, it was tremendous work to put together such a show at the last minute road Thank dog you, you saw you, the show yeah. yeah finally yeah no, uh, i think what do you think I, of it you agree i, I thought the show yeah, i thought the show was great and, I, and look i i disagree with him saying it was the best main event i do agree it was awesome and it was different and it was very new japan but that's not what our audience is 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 are preconditioned to and so i would argue that some of the main events that year and 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 the the uh period is a time right around there were really good. This was just the observer's brand. You know what I mean? This was the the Daniel Bryan working with the, the American Dragon or whatever the 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 you know Dan, Daniel Bryan and uh, uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, yeah, sorry, Adam Cole. And so, look, it was a very New Japan Ring of Honor kind of match, and that was awesome to watch, and it was different. But I, I disagree that it was like the best main event in the history of the business. Like, I, I think it was great. I do. And I think it, both guys are great. I've seen both guys ha have great matches. This was one of them. You know what I mean? Like, I, 
I think they, I think what they loved about it was, oh my God, WWE's dipping their toe into the style of, of everyone else. And that's cool. That is a very cool thing. And that's, and it's very understandable to like that, but don't give it that credit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I feel like I'm dogging it now and I'm not, I don't mean to because the match was that incredible. It was just like, it was a different style, man. It was a different, different kind of match, you know? I love the Punjabi prison match. So that, what do I know? Santino, <laughs> Santino Morello is my favorite wrestler. So what do I know? At this point, did you think this was going to be a long-term thing for NXT being involved with the main roster? Or did you think, hey, we just got to get through tonight and move on or what? So, so look, there had been talks about NXT being in Survivor Series and, and being a legitimate third Holy Mackerel. And, and, and th- what I think this did was cement that uh, in the, yes, they sh- NXT should be involved in this camp. Um, so that's, you know, that I, I think it was, okay, that turned out really well. And, of course, the social media report reads as it was the best thing ever to happen in <laughs> professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it was really cool. It really was. And it was, and it was fresh. And it was new. And it was a, a shot. Look, and, and they were also right about, it boosting the the uh, public appearance, uh, the footprint of NXT. Like, oh, who are these guys? Oh, they do a show on this night? So, yeah, of course it was good for that, too. It was, look, it was necessary. Uh, it was necessary, and it turned out being advantageous and turned out giving us that, that Survivor Series that year, which I thought was awesome. Uh, from the Observer, it came across as the best new storyline, and even though at first it was planned for just one show, it would seem to have been a lucky break. They fell into a much hotter storyline oh, than anything hot. they had on the show in a long time. In a long time. Plus, the storyline gave great exposure to the top stars of NXT. There was an issue that the NXT talent heels and faces all together on the same team with Triple H and Shawn Michaels on television as the leaders weakens the feuds and face heel dynamics on NXT television. But it was pro wrestling in 2019, and I don't see it that way, says the Observer. It was difficult to go with the idea that Triple H and Michaels are the leaders of the invading outside renegade unit, but it seemed to work out fine in practice. Whatever problems there were, storyline consistency was greatly overridden by the added exposure of the NXT brand and its top stars. This exposure should pay off in the Wednesday night ratings war that NXT was losing and would have continued to lose, at least in the foreseeable future. Dog, the experience of being on the bigger stage had to be invaluable to the talent at this point, correct? Oh, yeah. They, and look, and they had such a blast, man. Because, look, wouldn't you? You yeah. get to go up to the, to the big dogs. I got caught up to the big leagues. Go up to the big dogs, and we're going to kick their A. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it was such a cool moment for the talent themselves. Uh, and I remember riding down on that go-home um, in, that, in that Jeep with all those guys, like, I remember being stuck in there and I couldn't get out because my knees were bad and I, you know what I mean? But I remember the, the elation on their face and in their body language. And it was such a cool moment. Cause I thought this is a huge deal for these kids. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and here's me and Sean and Hunter in there with them. Like, oh, watch out. I got a bad hip. <laughs> uh, but, but, but it was, yeah, we had a good time, man. Afterwards. Do you know if Vince is happy with the show? What do you remember him afterwards? 
Yeah, you know, what? Vince was always happy with the show. He's always got, look, he's like Nick Saban. He doesn't focus on like, the good we did. He focuses on the mistakes that were made, and that's, and that's you have to eliminate those next time. You know what I mean? Treating so, it better. But because truth be told, that was awesome. Now we got to do it again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Now we got to do a live event, maybe with half the talent. And what are we going to do there? You know what I mean? Maybe we got to. And so it is literally, uh, he would always say, and look, some of the things he said were, will live with me forever. And rightfully so is, yeah, we had a great WrestleMania yesterday, but that was yesterday. <laughs> so you, it makes you go like, we're going to roll tonight. Hey, that didn't, that don't. And he's right. It's, you can't. Don't sleep on, you can't live on yesterday's creative. You know what I mean? It's just like with sobriety and recovery. I can't live on yesterday's recovery. I got to do some stuff today. Uh, yeah. You know, and so it's it's very, very applicable. You you mentioned earlier that, hey, um, you know, he, he might approve segments or might be giving the thumbs up, thumbs yeah. down on anything, but he doesn't know them like Hunter knew them at this time. Right, especially is from he a watching it? Standpoint. Does he watch highlights or is he just getting reports? What is so he? I think, so he gets a lot of reports. And when okay. we're, when, when it's time to, and I've been through a couple of these sessions too, when it's time to uh, present some guys that we're going to bring up or, uh, after mania, we're going to bring up four guys and two girls, whatever. Well, I'm just throwing that number out there. Yeah. Then we put a package together, video and paper, and, and it, it's all character Bible, like, for these individuals. And we pitched a video, too. Here's a match they had, sir. Here's a match this lady had. So, so it's, it's really a character presentation pitch to, to Vince at that point, and, he's, and he, I love this. I don't like this. Go back with that one. Don't bring her up yet. Whatever. You know what I mean? And, it, and it, it's... That's what the boss does. You know what I mean? And it's direction given. And so, yeah, it was really a cool thing to be a part of, though, because you're literally developing the characters that, that you put on the, on the main roster television shows. And that's a, that's a cool thing. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. Let's talk about the actual night. The first NXT interaction on the show was Shayna Baszler sending Sasha Banks into the post and laid out Bailey and Nikki Cross, That's now wrong. Nikki Ash. Uh, then Keith Lee and Matt Riddle would lay out Sammy Zayn. Um, you know, me and you haven't really brought up Keith Lee on the podcast, really, and I saw a couple of our listeners mention that they really, this is one of their favorite moments for Keith Lee. What do you think of Keith Lee at that time yeah. and in this moment working with the likes of Riddle and Sammy? Yeah, look, for him to be in there and, and uh, on WWE television was a yeah. huge thing to me because he, he, he was an older guy uh, as far as from guys like we, we like to hire. Uh, and he was an independent guy, but he was special. You know what I mean? There's something about a guy that's 330 and can do a leapfrog and a, and a dive over the top rope. There's a backflip <laughs> off the top rope. There's something special about that guy. So, so – to me, it was really cool to see him uh, in a WWE ring and a WWE atmosphere, and it felt like he was going to really flourish. And so I, I wasn't, you know, once he moved on to the main roster, I wasn't privy to the day-to-day, but I, I don't really know what happened there. It just felt like he was going to be perfect for this place. Um, 
And so a good I'm moment gonna... for him at the time. Oh, awesome, awesome yeah. moment. And uh, and he went on to have some more awesome ones with with yeah. Brock, even you know. Uh, before we get any further, just to make sure and clear the air, any pushback you know of from main roster guys on helping get NXT over as a threat? Anybody not no. want to do a job? No. You mentioned Brian was easy, but. Anybody no, I, look, look, we'll talk about Kevin Owens in a minute probably too, but he was another guy, and Sammy, that wanted to do everything they could with NXT. And uh, because one, they, they loved Hunter, but two, they were thankful for the opportunity that NXT provided them. And now they get a chance to, to pay it back a little bit, and so they were pleased as pigs on Percocet to, to do what <laughs> needed to be done. Uh, because look, it is for the company. It's not like we were doing it for ECW or, you know what I mean, for WCW came in and, and did all this without right. us working together. Um, so it is you doing it for the, which, which you're going to do a bunch of anyway, Survivor, around Survivor Series time. You're going you're gonna to get beat up by the other guys and you're going to get beat up by the other girls and vice versa. And so I think everybody was on board and it felt, just because it felt new uh, and fresh to the fans, it also felt that way to the talent. And so it was like a, you had Daniel Bryan, you had Sammy, you, you know what I mean? You had Kevin came back for the war games the one time. Like he came back to NXT from the main roster because he wanted to be a part of this. You know what I mean? And so we didn't get any kickback. The, the, the boys now are different than the boys used to be. Um, a lot of team players uh, today. What would be now a look into the future, basically, uh, Chamba interrupts. Miz and telling Miz he was everything that was wrong with SmackDown before getting the win from the Observer. Brian was backstage with Triple H and Michaels asked them what they were doing. Brian said he wanted a match with Triple H tonight. Triple H said he didn't bring his gear. They teased Michaels would wrestle Brian, but Triple H then called in Adam Cole. It's weird because on NXT, Cole is part of the anti-authority heel group. And here he was like the top babyface gun of the authority, but you're not getting consistency in WWE angles when there's no adverse situations. Hey, so you can can't even go, expect it here. Can we go back a, a couple a couple of observer read, readings ago to the part where they said you can't be critical of this because right. of how awesome it was that they pulled it off. Period. And Meanwhile, every other article we write, we're just going to bury <laughs> the crap out of their inconsistent, creative, oh, Jiminy Christmas. Uh, he said, uh, Brian said he would do it because he wanted the title at stake. Look, that uh, was a great backstage, too, because he said, I want you. And Hunter was like, I didn't bring my gear. And then he looked at Sean. And Sean and him have history. Sean trained him. And so there was a, a moment there of really cool, like, holy crap, what are you going to get? And then they brought in Adam Cole, which was even cooler. It was like, okay, so it's not some old guy going to beat a, a regular, you know, current guy. It's another current guy going to wrestle a current guy in a match I really want to see as a wrestling fan. And so, like, to me, it was, it was uh, SmackDown's foray back into trying to get back into being the wrestling show. Um, because I felt like that night gave him a ton of great wrestling. Um, and whether you knew who Adam Cole was or not, you knew they had a great wrestling match at the end of the night, you know? Well, I mean, it's, look, like we said, you're creating this on a plane, basically, trying to land in Buffalo, and we're trying to put everything together. So it's hard to, you know, create these stories and make sure no yeah. loose ends are everywhere. But was this really about having the best match for that show for that night this is the best show for that night right a hundred a hundred we're focused on tonight a hundred percent and and look if 
if we need to make a decision about recrossing paths again because of something that comes out of tonight, okay, cool. We'll send a superstar to NXT to, to be on the show and, and maybe raise their ratings. Again, they're now head-to-head with the other company. And so, like, I, it's all positive to me. It's all business. Uh, it's not shenanigans. It's just business movements and, and, and making decisions that are best for business, you know? Um, then, uh, as the night rolls on, Bianca Belair destroyed Carmella and Dana Brooke before Ray Ripley and Tegan Knox beat Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Thoughts? Hey, anything whatever on happened that, to Tegan Knox? Don't know. I, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Dana Brooke fan, by the way, since we're here talking about it. I understand because she uh, does CrossFit. Like yeah, she does. I get that. <laughs> you um, get that. You uh, get that. <laughs> but, but I'm a huge, uh, Rhea Ripley fan, huge Tegan yes. Knox fan. I love Tegan Knox, and and I know she had a. Uh, hmm, Steve said she got hurt twice and then released. Well, oh. I'm sorry to hear that because one of the greatest things I was ever a part of down there was the uh, uh, the when when uh, Dakota Kai turned on on her and slammed her leg in that in that cage on the door. I forget what show that was on. Um, she was released from her WWE contract. Mm. Well, that's sad um, because she's really a great, a great worker. But I, I don't, I don't know the extent of her injuries. Um, but she was a great person too. Anyway, huge Rhea Ripley fan now. Like yeah. I, like Rhea, what a transition she's made into who she is today, and uh, very comfortable with who she is. Very cool. Very, uh, just a just a very cool individual. Like, a lot of those Australians are really cool people. They got a cool disposition. Um, well, I mean, look at this lineup. Uh, you know, Tegan didn't make it. Unfortunately, she's got hurt. I, we don't yeah. know exactly what happened, but she's had some, uh, you know, some injuries before she gets released. Yeah. Mandy Rose turned out okay after this show. Yeah. Uh, Sonya Deville turned out really okay after yeah. this show. Yeah. Dana Brooke, long career, still rocking and rolling. Carmella, she had a nice run. She's yeah. reinvented yeah, herself. She's, had yes, up she has. Some, Bianca Blair-Lair, she's did pretty good since this well, show. And that's the thing is is Woo! is these reports come out weekly, and I'm talking about the Observer and the 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 sheets that write reports and reviews on the show and their their thoughts on the show. And and look, that's cool. If I if I need to know your thoughts on the show, I'll subscribe and download <laughs> and read your crap. Um, but I I I I don't I don't I know <laughs> I know good from bad. You know what I mean? I know what's good and I know what's bad. And if you disagree with that, okay, now we can have a conversation. But you don't get to just decide. Um, anyway, they always report, and it's weekly. And so they don't get the, get the chance to go back and go, hey, remember when we said this all buried this talent? Yeah, we yeah. were wrong, and we apologize. They're doing very well now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, look, you may bury a talent. Barry, which is a wrestling word that people just started using for anything. It's like Smurf. Uh, I will kick you in the berries. I will, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's anything. Um, so, so, <laughs> so they use over a whole lot too. Um, yeah. Not having any idea what that's like or feels like. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> Let's get back into the Observer. Your favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah We're talking about look, your Observer. When you, when, you, when, you, when I watched, if I watched TV last night and then I just came on and said some stuff, okay, that's cool for right now, but in seven days, things are going to change and might go in a different direction. And, and why, don't, why don't you wait till the end of this, 
you know, like like six months in, and then go, oh, they they didn't bury. That was a part of the show, and that that the low point in their career motivated them into another. You know what I mean? It may yeah. be a may be a part of the thing when you're over analyzing and uh, and overthinking. And it reminds me of possibly reminds me of preseason ratings in f- college football. We don't know. They've not played a game. And if yeah, you look at yeah, you six do. weeks in, half the top 25 is not ranked anymore. And, yeah. But nobody and, talks about that. And half the teams <laughs> that weren't ranked are undefeated. Yeah. Like, and nobody <laughs> talks about how we all, the, the media got the votes wrong. We're not, no, that's not because the point it just now. matters that, yes, they're, that exactly. they're saying something. They're just We're, talking heads. And I look, that's exactly what I am. Let's get, let's <laughs> get back to the talking heads. <laughs> the Observer says, Cole beat Brian to keep the NXT title in 20 minutes and 48 seconds. This was a great match. It was far more physical than a usual WWE match to the point it almost seemed out of place. Really, they worked closer to a New Japan match. Brian worked as a complete face, but Cole didn't work as a heel. It was a performance by Brian that clearly showed him as one of the elite guys in the world. He did a jumping knee off the apron, a missile drop kick, and a tope, as well as a spider German suplex. Yep. He missed a diving headbutt. Brian did the Lance Storm rolling half crab, a heel hook, a label lock, his version of curb stomps, and a label lock and a Kimura combination. Brian went for the running knee but was hit by a super kick. Cole used the Panama surprise and last shot for the clean pin. Four and a quarter stars for these that is gentlemen. Two and a quarter more than I've ever gotten. But All hey, right, so you've got the right it, idea it, on paper. Is it, is it Panama Surprise or Panama Sunrise? Oh, sunrise. I, I misread it. Look, I wouldn't know the difference because all sunrise. of those things you said, I have no idea what they. I'm are. glad you did it. There's, we would have got so much heat after the show, but I'm glad you. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, but I'm about to get some now because I felt like that was just said author writing about how many wrestling maneuvers he can describe. And it's like, what, 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 you said he was the greatest of a generation. You don't have to go on and, and let me know your, uh, you This know. LaBelle guy, he created all the locks. <laughs> hey, he just passed away, actually, uh, and he was a tough dude. Um, a lot of people, uh, I know Ronda Who is Rousey, that? Tell everybody who is that. Uh, Gene LaBelle, yes. judo Gene LaBelle. And so he Ronda Rousey uh, trained with him and, and respected She's his passing on TV. He's an incredible judo yeah. athlete. Yeah, he knew uh, he judo, and he knew a couple other uh, Chinese words. Anyway, um, what what were we talking about? Four and a quarter stars. This is a big deal. Not only on paper. <laughs> Wait, I got to say this. <laughs> Dominic said, apparently Gene LaBelle made Steven Seagal <laughs> poop his pants. We're going to get into that story. We're going to find out a little more about that. Wait, do you Steven know this Seagal, story? Is this the first time you've heard it? This is the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> we can't. Gene, Gene LaBelle, you can't just go past that. <laughs> Steve Seagal crapped himself. Apparently, he choked. Apparently, he choked him out on the set, and he pooped himself. I've never been choked out. I might poop myself. I, I, think, I don't know. Look, this is a weird macabre statement. But when you die, I think everything uh, excretes. But when you pass out, I don't think it does. Does it? Uh, I've, pa- knocked, I've had the <laughs> knocked out of me a bunch of times, but not First, literally. <laughs> we should make this. We should make this known. Steven Seagal clearly denies this story. <laughs> he I, does. Yeah. As he also would. denies that he uh, owns stock in a goddamn golden corral. You fat son of a beast thing. <laughs> like, good God Almighty! Don't don't come at me with that karate crap. And you're you're six hundred eight pounds. 
I will judo uh, throw you. Apparently they were working on together on a film, and by the way, in interviews, Steven Seagal, quote, swears <laughs> on the lives of his children well, that he has never had a confrontation with Gene LaBelle that resulted in getting choked out and pooping himself. <laughs> a, a quote from Gene LaBelle says, if a guy soils himself, she can't blame him. If he just had a nice big dinner an hour before, he might have a tendency to do that. <laughs> oh, Gene. Oh, Judo Gene. Oh, my gosh. That Judo what? Gene, he'll get, he'd, he'd get you. He'll uh, make you poop yourself, dog. <laughs> that's not that's, good. That's not good. And you fight naked. So what, oh. so what does this look like? That means it's getting on you, too, see? Again... Again, what a great solidifies defense. my plan. Yeah, what a great defense. Um, all right, so you guys are putting this together. As you're talking it through, you think, hey, we've got Daniel Bryan. We could put him with Adam Cole. Yeah. This seems like it could be our best match. Now it turns out it was the best match. Yeah, for sure. This is, I don't know any other way to put it, but Cole beating Bryan here is a big step for NXT. Huge, huge step. And in looking the right good direction. while doing it. And yeah, that's the thing. It's like, look, it, I. I I said what I said earlier about this match, just more in defense against the uh, observer. <laughs> but but look, I love these two individuals for real. I love Daniel Bryan. He's passionate. He believes in wrestling. He loves wrestling, and he's friggin' great at it. I love Adam Cole because he's the most professional guy I believe I've ever met in my life. Um, what a young, respectful, pleasure to work with young man. They had a match that would have been the best match on any card. And, and, I, and I, I'm not, I don't say that lightly and I'm not disagreeing with what I said before. I'm just saying, if you wrestle Daniel Bryan, you're going to get kicked hard a bunch of times. If you wrestle Daniel Bryan, you're going to get hit with a missile drop kick. You're going to get hit with a running knee. You might get hit with a label lock. It was his finish for a long time. They called the yes lock. So it was, I think that's correct anyway. I don't know my wrestling. Um, but, but like I, to me, like, it was the best match you could possibly put on any card at that time, even if we would have had everybody. Um, so, yeah, look, it was you go back and you, it stands the test of time. It was a different style match. It was something that people were longing for, and we gave it to them. After the match, Michaels, Triple H, and the entire NXT crew were together in the ring basically saying that they were NXT and giving the impression a brand versus brand angle was just starting was that the plan? Did anyone know where it was going, or was it let's get through tonight? So it was for me personally. It was let's get through the night, and and I was still, uh, you know, me and uh, and uh, Russo were still in Orlando watching the show and sending text and and uh, trying to, you know, uh, tell them, oh, that was awesome, or that one, so and so should have done this, you know, just still playing a role or trying to anyway. Uh, they were probably sending back like, shut up, we're trying to work, <laughs> uh, but but but. Uh, I, I, for me personally, I don't think it was, it was, it was definitely, let's just get past tonight. That was definitely the main, the main thing. Let's put this television show on the air and when it ends, then we'll think about and talk about what, how we're going to do this. And like I said, I think that everybody had the weekend to think about, uh, and the decision was made over that weekend or early the next week to, okay, they're going to be in Survivor Series now too. Well, I was about to say, the plans shift quickly, and then Survivor Series is to have Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. 
Yeah. What did you think of that idea when you heard it? Look, I loved it. I loved it. I thought, to, to me, it did exactly what I think it was designed to do. It raised, uh, you know, high tide raises all ships. And so this helped bring NXT up to the level of SmackDown and, dare I say, the flagship show for the WWE, Monday Night Raw. And, and holy mackerel, their talent's competing with their talent. And, like, I, I thought it was exactly what NXT needed. Um, but I know that there's a core... Uh, group of our audience that like thought that that would bastardize them or thought that that would uh, muddy the 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 wrestling waters for NXT. Oh, now now they're going to go to the main roster and this is going to happen or whatever. So I know that that portion of, of people is out there and that's are, are out there. Excuse me, and and I, that's that's natural. You know what I mean? I I have feelings about television shows I watch too. Um, so so anyway, I. I don't know what we were talking about, but it sounded like NXT was looking good. You thought the idea of Survivor Series of all three brands yeah, going awesome. against each other was a good it, idea. It, yeah, it was a great idea. And it, was, and it was awesome for NXT because we were, again, going head-to-head -head with the other company on Tuesday nights at this point. You mentioned a lot of people talking about maybe um, you know, some of the talent moves to the main roster. after. Or some was of the it Wednesday nights at this point? <laughs> yeah, NXT was Wednesday. Okay. That was uh, from my SmackDown years. I guess we did it on Tuesday live for a couple, couple, couple times before we went to Fox. Was um, you, you talked about main roster jumping uh, or j them jumping to the main roster as a possibility? Yeah. Um, we is worried. Maybe not the correct word. Are you are you thinking maybe they might after these performances they might some of these guys might make the jump. Yeah. You know, quicker than anticipated, or is it always what's best for business? For, for, well, look, that's that's what that's what it all boils down to. No matter right. what, no, nobody, and I mean nobody, would make a decision that was not best for business in their opinion, and they're put in those positions because their opinions are worth something. So they they at all times. In NXT, as a character developer, as a uh, talent, as a creative writer, um, you're always worried about guys getting called up because they're guys that your show hinges on while... Look, a, 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 um, what were they called? The uh, era. Undisputed era. Uh, Undisputed era. Dude, they, they, our whole show revolved around them for, for months at a time. If you lost those four guys, like you'd be like you'd be in in harm's way. And so when they started bringing everybody up not too long ago, like it was holy mackerel, what do we do? And the the suggestion was, I got an idea, make some stars and put on a wrestling show. Yeah. And so that's that's when we kind of started hitting our hitting our stride at NXT. Anyway, um, with really churning out some some new wrestlers and new characters. Um, yeah, so look, this was an opportunity for some of these guys to grow and go. But again, as an NXT uh, content creator, you don't want to see that because they're not going to take the guys that you're not really using every week. They're going to take the guys that, that are on top of the world down there. And so it's always a concern. Was there anyone, looking back at that particular night, was there anyone in NXT that got left out that maybe you wish would have got featured more? Did anyone complain, why am I not getting on the plane going up? Do you remember any of that? Yeah, no, I didn't. And you know what? Like I said, it's a different uh, vibe in NXT. It's very much a team culture, and uh, and 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 people 
whether they're happy and content there or not uh, is, is debatable, and I would argue that they shouldn't be content there. But I think the people on second string knew that the first string was going to go. You know what I mean? And, like, it's, it's we're putting forth our best foot, and right. you're not one of the toes right now. But hopefully you will be the big toe and maybe have an ingrown toenail. <laughs> I'm not sure. You also have a takeover the night before to build to. How difficult is it to run storylines essentially in two different companies and have it all make sense? Yeah. Or did it just uh, need to make sense in your opinion? Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't need to make sense. It didn't need to make sense, and I'll tell you why. Because it's professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't do what make you want. sense. And if you look, we create we are the another Vincism, we are the creators of our own destiny. And so we can let everybody fight behind the ref's back and not do that, but then it's just like not, there's no officiating, there's no rules, there's no boundaries, you can just do anything. So there are things that need to be continued. Um, and, and I forgot what we were talking about again, <laughs> I'm sorry. It didn't need to make sense. It doesn't make, have right. to make sense. Right, it, it doesn't, and that's what I, you know, people get on there every week and talk about, oh, this didn't make sense. That, again, early on the observer said we shouldn't criticize too roughly, and I, and I agree. This you shouldn't anyway because it's just professional wrestling. But it's this is this is a scenario where we are lucky and and gifted and blessed to be able to put on two hours of content, two hours of really good fresh content on a, on the flip of a coin, on the snap of a finger, on the, you know what I mean? Like a hey, they can't make it. Here's what we need: Bing, bang, boom. 18 hours later, they're putting on a television show that we wrote and it was awesome. You know what I mean? And it was like, that's, that, that's to be celebrated. Not that, oh, well, the storyline doesn't make any sense because Hunter's in charge over there. And he's, you know, everybody knows that everybody works for Hunter at NXT. Everybody knew that. You know what I mean? Like, so for him and Sean to be the leaders it made perfect sense. I'm not going to criticize the fact that, oh, they, you know, they're, they're, Adam Cole was anti-establishment and here he is getting offered up to, for a title match by the, by the authority or by the establishment. <laughs> it didn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. And if you're worried about that, you're ruining it for yourself. I'm, I'm serious. You're, you're not enjoying the experience the way you should be because it was just awesome to watch. I'm sorry you got all bound up trying to keep your stories and characters straight. We'll get back to them, guys. Well, listen, here's the deal. Oh, you didn't know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? Yeah, it can lead to acne, allergies, and stuffy noses, and it's just plain gross. But Miracle Brand is here. Miracle Brand offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding, such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. Look, I don't even have a shirt on right now because it's laundry day, but I don't have to worry about the sheets because they are self-cleaning. That's right. These sheets are infused with natural silver that prevent 99.9% .9 of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than the other sheets. No more gross odors. Plus, they make the perfect holiday gift. Looking for something for that hard-to-get person? How about this? Miracle sheets are there for the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family who doesn't want better sleep and look, I mean, who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one just in time for the holidays. 
Stop sleeping on bacteria. Clean sheets mean less bacteria to clog your pores and fewer breakouts and other skin problems. Here's how you can change your life. Go to trymiracle.com slash D-O-G-G to try it out today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for dog listeners. Save over 40% and be sure to use the promo code D-O-G-G at checkout and you're going to save even more and get three free towels. That's right. And Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you get a full refund. One more time, in case you didn't know, upgrade your sleep with Miracle Brand. Go to trymiracle.com slash dog and use the code D-O-G-G to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash dog to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. Thank you, Miracle Brand, for sponsoring this episode. Let's uh, let's talk about at the time um, in England for TV. NXT is super hot with the yeah. fans. Oh yeah, they're the cool new hit brand at that moment. Just talk about your for thoughts sure. on England embracing NXT. Well, look, at that moment. look, England embraces wrestling. Uh, the UK is awesome for wrestling, and you see this in Cardiff. You see this when we go over there. Every time there's something special, and people don't realize the UK is not very big. You know what I mean? Like with the United States is a huge place. The UK is not very big. When wrestling comes over there, it is special. But when good wrestling comes over there, it's really special. Like, look, I, I, we're, we're uh, this will probably air post, but they're they're about to go on an overseas tour that every show is is sold out. Every show is, is doing great. The UK has great wrestling fans, and they don't get a ton of great wrestling. So when we go over there, they love it. NXT especially, because they were the shiny new object. They were the punk rock version of WWE, and it was cool. It was not only cool to be NXT, it was cool to watch NXT, you know? And and I know people feel differently about it now, but it's I feel like it's kind of getting back to what it how it should have been from the get-go. In my again, philosophically speaking, I feel like it can be both a revenue generator and a character development developmental system at the same time. Uh, looking back on it, this was the first experience uh, appearance of Walter, now Gunther, on main roster TV when him and Imperium came out and Gunther would take on Seth Rollins. It turns into a big brawl and the fans chant for NXT. Do you think there was a fear that the NXT chance would get to Vince in a way since he had the announcers call the crowd finicky? Well, I, so, so look, Vince didn't watch the program. Vince heard the social media reports about the program. He read the emails about the ratings. He, he, he got the information, but he didn't, he didn't know who Gunther was. He didn't know what Gunther, then Walter, brought to the table. He uh, very much was not the guy out scouting talent at independent shows in other countries. That's right. not Vince McMahon. And so he didn't know what, what Walter brought to the table. Excuse me, Gunther. I want to say it correctly now. Gunther brought to the table. Um, so he would feed stuff like that thinking the, the lay person may not know him either. And I don't think that's wrong thinking. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's wrong to think there are people watching this show who do not know who Walter was. You know what I mean? I think that makes 
perfectly good sense. There's people that sense. watch Raw that don't watch NXT. Exactly, exactly. And and then we literally have the analytics to prove that. And, and what they what they, the percentage of the show that they do watch is so minuscule usually that it's hard to get a read on whether they know the talent or not because they may watch 70 minutes of Raw, you know what I mean, uh, or, or, or 62 minutes of Raw and... 33 minutes of, you know what I mean, of, of NXT. And so did they see X, Superstar X? Or was he, did they turn before he was, you know what I mean? So it's, I understand his thinking of, they, they may not know who Gunther is at this point. So tell them it's a finicky audience. They're, they're rooting for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I, look, I could also understand professional jealousy. Totally a hundred percent. When I was the writer of SmackDown, we beat Raw one week in the ratings, and I was elated. Like I, we beat Raw in the right. ratings. Like holy mackerel, man, that was awesome. I didn't really tell anybody that, but like my writing team and stuff, because I know it would have made the other guys angry. Like if I would have gloated, right. what if they gloated every other week of the year how they beat me? You know what I mean? <laughs> like if what if and and. It's all one team. So while you shouldn't, uh, you know, gloat, uh, I can I can be proud of that fact and not gloat about it. But but it's also like, what uh, what are we gonna do? There's jealousy, and that's and so if if Vince hears that and heard that and go, well, crap, my shows, I'm doing my show, and I, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can understand that line of thinking, is what I'm saying. As if it was like. Well, why are they popping for these guys? Who are these guys? If I don't yeah. know them, and I you know, like, why ain't they popping for my guys? Why didn't they? And so I totally understand if there was some professional jealousy there. Um, it, it actually makes perfect sense to me. Like, that, that's not something that should be uh, looked down upon. Like, if you don't think you're good at your job and competitive to keep it, like, I don't know, you might want to look over your shoulder every now and then. Are you personally doing the NXT house shows as well or just TV? Um, so I'm just doing TVs, but, uh, I attended a few of the house shows just to get a, get a, uh, idea of what they look like and what they were. They're really uh, on a small scale. Um, but they're really run well, just like we run uh, the bigger shows, but, but just on a, on a smaller scale. And usually, um, usually just in Florida. Now, now, now this is when we started branching out and NXT started traveling a little bit. I did go on and produce some live events, um, with Scotty Garland and uh, and with Norman Smiley and so so been out on the road and, and did do some some house shows but they were the bigger a little bit bigger venues like the uh, Center Stage in Atlanta or uh, Mickey's in, in Dallas or where you know what I mean like we we did some decent sized venues uh, when we traveled like that and I did go on several of those one time the bomb dog attacked Drake Wirtz. Uh, he was asleep. He had to, he was the uh, production referee, so he had to be there early to help put the ring up. So he was asleep in the room, and they let the bomb dog in, and the dog just went and attacked him and started oh. biting. Yeah, I had to go. I went to the emergency room with Drake, and we, uh, what? we yeah, that's a true story, man. I got pictures on my phone of his dog bite, and he was it was serious. And the police department came back and kind of, kind of brushed it over. Like, yeah, well, whatever. He shouldn't have been in there. Well, I was like, hey, dude, your friggin' dog bit my boy. <laughs> oh my good. Where'd he body man? Dude on his arm, on his shoulder, all over his bicep. And there was, dude, there was holes. There was holes all in him. Yeah. Was, the dog don't, don't half a it. He goes, no, and board. he's a bomb dog. What do you think <laughs> that his arm was going to blow up? 
stupid German Shepherd. You need to get they need to get some smart some Staffordshire Terrier, Bull Terrier, whatever. You know what I mean? Some smart dogs in there. Yeah, German Shepherds are known for being dumb. They're just dumb, dumb as they come. Long hair. <laughs> Moving forward at Survivor Series, Adam Cole will defend his NXT title against the winner of Pete Dunne. Killian Dane and Damian Priest, but yep. every other champion had a match against the other brand's champions. No one wanted Adam Cole to get killed in the ring by Brock Lesnar. Is that right? Well, I mean, <laughs> do you, Observer? No. How many stars would you give that one? I don't you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking to the Observer. And so, so look, I... I, I thought this was actually really cool because if I rem remember correctly, the triple threat was the night before and whoever won that then faced Adam Cole the next day on the actual pay-per-view. And so I thought it was great for NXT that we could still t tell our championship story uh, individual of everything, yet still be in the Survivor Series uh, team matches and stuff too. So look, I, of course it was nobody wants to... I don't want to see Adam Cole wrestle uh, Brock Lesnar. I, I, I loved the match that Brock had with Daniel Bryan because it's exactly how I thought it would go for real. And, and it's exactly how, what I wanted to see, which was Brock almost kill a man, but this man survives and gets some licks in and uh, yeah. you know what I mean? And, 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 but, but to me, Daniel looks more physically adapt and, 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 and capable of handling a guy like Brock, but more so than than uh, Adam Cole does T to me. That's just my opinion. Um, but I, I didn't want to see that match, so I was happy that NXT would get to carry on with their championship creative and and continue on without without it being interrupted. And then the rest of the stuff was just gravy. Uh, being added to the other matches were gravy and and great for the brand. Uh, were the television ratings, quarters, minutes, demos broken down every week between NXT and AW, or was that just the internet doing all that? So the internet, for the most part, uh, doing all that. But look, we do get analytics. Um, not not that I'm aware of for A and A and E AEW, but 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 for ours, we'd get minute by minute, second by second, the whole deal. And you can dig into it as deep as you want. You'll still never figure out the Nielsen ratings, um, and that's just the truth. They are an antiquated. Uh, outdated, archaic <laughs> uh, way that, that, that to me, to me have been invalid for a while now. Uh, not invalid, but but uh, inconsequential. And n even now, today, more than ever, people watch television the way they want to, not the way they're told to. And and so I just find it hard to believe the Nielsen ratings is still the way to go when uh, when measuring how many people you know analytics of of viewer membership you had the undisputed era running into smackdown and beating up the revival and the new day and being run off but on this one smackdown show we have to ask you about heavy machinery my boys otis oh, and tucker yeah. defeated kip stevens and kevin tibbs and commentary talked about how guys named kip can't be tough <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't directed at Billy, was it? No, I would. I would bet. Uh, I would bet uh, a dollar and one of my dogs that whoever said that doesn't know Billy Gunn's name is Kip. <laughs> okay. I, right. I mean, honestly, really, 
you, you, you got to really know Billy pretty good or, or read about him on the internet a lot to know his name was Kip Sop. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I was his partner for like eight months and I never knew his name was Kip. <laughs> However, other than Kip, I don't disagree with the commentary. Um, okay. so, let's be honest. Yeah, he's the exception, Other, not the rule. He is definitely <laughs> the exception to the rule. Um, and his real name's Monty. Monty Kipsop. And okay. so, so not many somebody, tough Montys. He he had to be tough with that name. Yeah. Um, and this is mission, a boy named Mission Sue. accomplished. No, yeah. that was not a jab at Kip. This is this is a prime example of things that are way overthought in the industry. Okay. Where, you know what I mean? Where people go like, was he, was he talking about? No, he was talking about <laughs> Kip Sabian or whatever the other guys, you know, like, I no, he wasn't talking about Billy. All right. The NXT women would also attack the SmackDown women as well. Were yes. you on the road for any of this? I hope they beat them. Oh, wait, it happened already? <laughs> Never mind. Um, no, I wasn't on the road, but okay. yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, we were all, we were, I was in on the creative process for all of it. And so it was, Cool to be cool to be a part of that. During this time, just because we all like a little bit of drama, if there is any, there were various brawls on TV between all the guys and girls. Anybody have any hurt feelings you remember from all this? Anybody saying, "Hey, I'm not getting my spot," and uh, or like you said, you know, "Hey, tr- you know tr- what? Everybody's be, doing their jobs." Yeah. Truth be told, I felt like it was an all hands on deck kind of team effort. Um, but I am sure, just because it's the nature of the beast, that there was one or two individuals, male or female, could be either or both, that individually thought, I should be leading this charge or I should be, you know what I mean? And that's just because there's a lot of, a lot of different ideas and a lot of different egos uh, in our industry. And so. But you don't you remember know, it being put out there, though. It was not put out there. Not a, okay. And look, uh, guys also, like, especially if you. I don't know if you would have put that out there in front of me when I was in, when I was the road dog and you weren't the top guy, I would have told you so, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, so you think you should be leading the charge rather than Sean or, or rather than, you know what I mean? Like I would have said that and put them on blast and, and, and that's look, that's right, wrong or indifferent. I, I didn't get punched in the face too many times, but that's, that's a way to keep everybody in their, in their proper. And, and I don't mean like, you're you're beneath them, but God darn, they're the they're the top guy right now. Yeah, you're you're he's gonna be out front. Guess what? In the in the uh, Christmas singing carol, we're gonna put the top stars out front in the middle. You know what I mean? And as you go out, you're gonna see smaller uh, size stars, and not not literally, but but metaphorically speaking. And that's just the way it works. And yeah. and if and if you if you speak out differently, and you and you're speaking out of school. To me, you need to be told that. You know what I mean? And that's what we did. The go-home SmackDown would see you, Sean, and Hunter in a tank. Mm. I feel like we've seen this before. It was not a tank. It was like a Jeep. But <laughs> but tank sounds better. It we does. talked about it ever since we invaded in in, uh, in Norfolk. And wasn't that where we did it? I, I'm, uh, you know, you know I me. I believe so. Um, so so the, ever since then, they everybody said they went in a tank and they did this. And it, it wasn't a tank. It was just a Jeep. With a with a heavy gun mounted on it, um, uh, uh, recoilless heavy tank gun. adjacent. It was tank adjacent. I'll give it that. It was <laughs> it's a vehicle it, with a gun on top. <laughs> yeah, it was. And so that's pretty much a tank, I guess. I guess it, it does shoot a heck of a shell. That's for sure. At this time on this go home SmackDown, you're leading NXT into the backstage area with your uh, tank adjacent Jeep. With your, with your t- whose idea was this? What'd you think of it? Had to be fun to do. 
Why yeah, did you I drive? I don't know. I don't know why I drove. I really don't know that. Uh, but I maybe I volunteered. I don't know. Uh, but but I do remember, like I talked about earlier, my knees hurting because I was really poured in there like a like a can of Chef Boyardee lasagna, <laughs> uh, just just wiggled all over the place, <laughs> just bent up, uh, and just with a meat sauce, not so much a meatball. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what I I'm like saying. I like the meat sauce. I like cheese. the meat sauce. Get a grilled cheese to dip in that booger. If I hey, said uh, grab a can of Chef Boyardee right now, what are you grabbing first? Probably mini raviolis. Oh my gosh, they're fire! <laughs> yeah, I, look, my daughter is a spaghetti my and hot, meatball. My, my daughter likes spaghetti and meatballs, and I just got two for fifty cents the cans of the lasagna <laughs> not long ago at the dollar store. <laughs> oh, mini raviolis for life. We really need to get these Fergal McDivitt shirts selling if you're <laughs> hey, living off of that, two that cans for a dollar. That ain't gonna ain't gonna buy itself. <laughs> oh, this um, ain't this ain't. This ain't, I ain't struggling. <laughs> this is I'm a eating, choice. Hey, I'm eating Chef Boyardee it's a lifestyle, on baby. 10 acres. I'm eating Chef Boyardee in front of an 85 inch TV dog. Got that Jimmy Hart canned food, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, I love um, it. NXT TakeOver features two War Games matches and even the return, like you mentioned earlier, of Kevin Owens to NXT. Yeah. And the next night, NXT was dominant in matches against the other brands, picking up four victories, while SmackDown has two and Raw had one. This was all part of a plan to show NXT isn't just developmental. Is that correct yeah. to say? Yeah, well, well, yeah, that's correct to say. I also, I also think it was Vince saying, "Look, I don't, I'm not." offended by you guys coming up here we'll give you all the wins you know what i mean like it it was a little bit of a yeah the nxt is going to run the gamut and 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 so i remember raw and smackdown having to fight for a victory uh can we please can we please get one uh but but it was also you don't bring in an, a, a a substitute you know what I mean? Which basically we were for that one SmackDown that kind of carried into into this, what we're talking about now, the Survivor Series stuff. So you can't bring in the substitute and just beat the crap out of them because it doesn't do anybody any good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you bring the sub in. If, if, you, if you have, and you don't ever bring anybody less than. And so this was an opportunity to make... NXT look more than instead of less than. They and deserve to be in this spot. They deserve to be in the spot, and they look like they belong in the spot. Yeah. And so that was that was by design, and and I think it I think it worked. You know what I mean? I think for a long time NXT was looked at as like, man, this, you know, this is a this is their this is the brand right here, and and uh, again, it wasn't the brand because you could check the ratings on any Monday or Friday, and and they were they were different, but. It was a good wrestling television show, and that's what I loved about the NXT Black and Gold stuff. Was it was a great wrestling show, and that's different than a sports entertainment show. Um, and now they're trying to find a little bit of both, and I think some people are unhappy with that. But I think that's the way you got to do it. You know what I mean? You got to encompass all your all your viewers and all their wants and desires, or try to anyway. Yeah, uh, how fun was it to be back working with the main roster again? Were you ready to go back to NXT? What were your feelings? So, this? so, so, yeah, I did not want to be back up there. It wasn't long ago that I had walked away from up there. So, <laughs> I, I loved the story and the angle and the action and all that, and I loved being a part of the creative process behind it. But I, I, I didn't like being there. Uh, 
that day. Like we, we did what we had to do and I kind of stayed hidden. You know what I mean? I kind of just stayed, stayed hidden for the rest of the day as best I could. Anything else here? I know you got to, had to be sad. It kind of ended, but anything else we did not hit before we get to fan questions? No, man. I, look, this was a this was a and 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 I love if we read the first observers write up again and didn't read any of the <laughs> other ones, it would have been perfect. Like it said all of the facts. Like it. Don't worry about the creative inconsistencies. It's not important now. The big picture is how they pulled this off. If we would have left it there, that would have been celebratory and feel good. Uh, but we had to go in. And, of course, Hunter and you're in a group, you know, and Adam Cole. And, okay, for the love of Pete, you already forgot about forgiving us for our inconsistencies. Right. So so I do think looking back on this, it is looked back upon positively and and celebratory in a way for NXT. Because it, it, it put NXT on the map, in a sense, as not only are we equal – but some of our talents better, and it's another option. Turn turn your TV and see this. See what we got. Here's here's what we got to show you. Here's our best. What do you think? Tune in on on uh, Wednesday nights on NXT and the USA Network. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. I love this part of the of the storytelling. I love this part of the of NXT's uh, short career you know what i mean i love i love all of this and it all happened by accident you know what i mean that's what that to me should be taken as the headline of all of this is holy mackerel half their crew got stranded and they brought nxt kids up and put on a hell of a show and and it and then went on to put together a hell of a build to a hell of a pay-per-view and so I, I say kudos to talent, kudos to creative uh, content uh, directors, to all departments. We're firing on all cylinders during all of this, and that's why we're talking about it now, because it was a cool moment in time, and it happened because it had to. Um, and it shows the resilience and the resources that the WWE and, and some of the, some of the, brain, the brain power has. Um, so kudos, thanks to all who who helped make it happen, and let's get into some uh, some fan questions, and they better not be about uh, Steven Seagal pooping his pants. Before we get into fan questions, dog, let's hear from our buddy Conrad Thompson. Oh, he's going to tell us how to save with Conrad. Can you believe it? It's finally here. It's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you get stressed out about how to pay for it. Savewithconrad.com can help you make this the best Christmas ever. You won't make a house payment for the next two months. That's right. Skip your next two house payments and use all that cash for your extra holiday expenses. And come next year, you're going to have a lower monthly payment. Don't put Christmas on a credit card. Pay your credit card debt off at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Savewithconrad.com. All right, Chef D-O-double-G. Let's see if we can get some fan questions in before we get out of here. Let's Wait, start does with Yambag have a question today or no? <laughs> no, no okay. Yambag okay. today. Shout out to Yambag. Uh, w- w- WB. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, it's YB. Y. Yeah, yeah. YB. Uh, w sounded better. WWE Master 2018, though, he does have a question. Cool. He said, uh, he tweeted us, at you didn't know pod, at Brian R.D. James, at the Casio Kid. Did Triple H want to do a Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT War Games match in Survivor Series 2019? He's just he's talking about fantasy booking. Did, did yeah. he want to do that if Vince would have agreed to it? Yes. He And look, he's always wanted to do that. He's had that in mind, and that's why we started doing it down there. But yeah, he wanted to do it there. It just wasn't time yet. And so... Uh, 
I don't, I don't disagree with that. We hadn't had one yet. It was, uh, you know, or I don't think we had had one yet. Maybe we had at that point, but, but I, I, I feel like Hunter liked that match a lot more than Vince did. And I think Vince thinks it, uh, and rightfully so, by the way, I don't, this is, this cannot be argued with. It does step on hell in the cell a little bit. Like you can't have those two close together because it's a huge cage match and a huge cage match. And, and how do you promote and, and keep special one or the other? So, so it is a, it is a debate to be had. Um, but yeah, Hunter always thought the war games was a great, uh, you know, one of Dusty's creations that was awesome and he wanted it to carry it forward. So yeah, he always had that idea. Um, I imagine we'll see that uh, maybe, maybe this year. I don't know. I hope. Brad Stanton hit us up on adfreeshows.com. Go ahead, go ahead, BS. He says, uh, you kind of touched on this earlier, but he says, did Daniel Bryan have any reservations about losing to Adam Cole? By the way, I love this night. Great job making something great out of a bad situation. Wow. So, yeah, thank you so much, Brad, for saying that. Yeah, no, Daniel had nothing but, no, I'll put him over. Like, nothing but I'll do whatever, whatever we, yeah, we'll have this great match. And, like, I think Daniel, from Daniel's perspective, is this is an opportunity. Daniel didn't lose a title. He didn't lose anything. He looked at it as an opportunity to, to give something to this uh I'm going to say up and comer Adam Cole, but I know people, a lot of people get mad at me for that. Like, oh, he's been in the Ring of Honor for 40 years. Um, well, <laughs> okay, but uh, Ring of Honor hadn't been around for 40 years, guys. So, um, <laughs> and I realized it was just me that said that. But, but like, Adam Cole was this, this, this relatively new guy to a, to a broader audience, and, and Daniel Bryan said, yeah, let, let him beat me. And so, yeah, he didn't have any qualms at all about it. He was more worried about being able to display that wrestling ability on a, on a grand scale and 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 let Adam display his wares as well. You know what I mean? That's what that's what Daniel Bryan was always always been about is good business, good money, good. How how do we do that? You know what I mean? Like it was. He's a, he's a good dude. Austin Williams tweets us at you didn't know pod. Was it cool for you to see the NXT Championship defend on SmackDown, especially since you had two of the very best wrestlers in that match, Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan? This had to be for you, working with Adam and, and I, I imagine Daniel as well. Yeah. This had to be a cool moment for you, though, to see this happen. It, it, look, it was. And there was another cool moment that I remember as well as this was when we, did, we first did the trade and we did Adam, uh, excuse me, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. It was another one I wanted to see really bad, and I thought this will be a great match. And those, both guys argued with me about doing it on television and, and not doing it on, on pay-per-view, but we knew where we were going, and we weren't going there anytime soon. So we can have this on TV, and it'll be a match that, I, again, like New Day and the Usos, I could watch it all day and watch 100 matches. Um, so this was an opportunity for Daniel to get on there and have a great match with this kid, uh, who a lot of people, a lot of hardcore wrestling fans knew, but the greater audience had never seen before. And him to get on there and put over uh, Adam Cole like that was, look, Daniel's, a, Daniel's a, a stud. He always has been. Charlie Thrower tweets us. He's up there in Amish country over there in yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I love their fireplaces. He said it's been hinted at that Brother Love put this together. Mr. Dog, how much of that is or isn't true? I'm not sure... Uh, well, yeah, he was back then. He was back. He, he was definitely in uh, the process. He was okay. definitely 100% in the process. So I'm not saying how much he came up with and how much he didn't come up with, but I am saying he was definitely in that, in that inner circle that would have been dealing with creative decisions and such. 
Uh, his name is Jeff. There's a reason I'm not the real coach. Fisher. His name is okay. Jeff Fisher. I wonder uh, what that reason is, though. You think it's just because he's not good at football? He's a loser. Oh. No, okay. I don't know him personally. I, I think it's Jeff, football. Who's Jeff Fisher coach? Nobody now. He used to be the Tennessee Titans head coach. Apparently he's a loser, too. <laughs> How's that high school team doing for you, Jeff? <laughs> he says, <laughs> "Sorry, our ad-free Jeff Fisher says, um, I came back to watching wrestling in early 2019. This episode of SmackDown is one of my favorite pieces of programming since then. I thought everyone involved produced a great show. Was there an individual who really seized the opportunity they were given that night? I also thought Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era would move up to the main roster and become the 2020s version of the Four Horsemen. What were your thoughts on how they were never moved up from NXT? Continue to enjoy the show. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much um, for, for for loving this this podcast and for loving that show. Um, I can't disagree with you. I loved it too from, from uh, post to post and bell to bell. But so... Anybody, anybody sees the opportunity? Yeah. So, yeah, look, I think all... NXT superstars did, but I think they've been doing that. Um, we, we ask a lot of them early on, uh, so, and some of these guys were ready and prepared, and some of them were not. Uh, we ask a lot of them when it came to live television, when it came to pay-per-views and, 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 and uh, producing the, these creative packages and so forth. We ask a lot of the talent. So we knew when it came time to shine, they were going to shine. Um, Look, I, th- I thought they were going to be gone, too. I thought they were, I didn't think they were going to be the next four horsemen because, look, I don't think Vince saw them as the next four horsemen. I think Vince saw them as four smaller guys who uh, cumulatively can, can do some damage, but I don't think Vince would see any of those guys facing Brock Lesnar in the main event of a WrestleMania. Now, whether you disagree with that or not, that's fine, and you can disagree with it all day, but you weren't the boss of the company at the time, and that's what he thought. So, so. I didn't see them as that. I, I was scared, like I mentioned earlier, that they would be gone and a lot of our creative content would go with them um, and it would be more difficult for us because we're lazy and want to do as little work as possible. Um, but it was, you know, it was, what, what were we talking about again? Uh, while they weren't moved up. While Man, the undisputed I forgot, about, I forgot about a lot of stuff uh, in this. Maybe I, maybe I should go to sleep, go back to sleep. <laughs> Or just change out of these pants that Stevens has gone through. Hey, um, <laughs> we got we, let me, you, you. You addressed it. They were smaller. Yeah. Vince didn't see them as the horsemen. That's yeah, why they look, were. Yeah, and, and I think they did have a long, a better run in NXT than they would have had on the main roster. Maybe for that exact reason. So yeah. I, I look. I thought. I loved having them there. I didn't want them to go away. But I also, to the last guy's question, who stepped up, is I thought Keith Lee uh, would be would be gone uh, sooner rather than later too. Once once everybody got eyes on him and his abilities, um, and so look, I, I think everybody everybody stepped up, um, and you see now like. A lot of those kids that are on top are still on top in the wrestling game. They may not just work here anymore, but even the ones that work here are on top. The, the Rhea Ripley's, the Damian Priest, the you know all, all of these guys that we're talking about are are still stars today on a bigger on a bigger stage. So this was the uh, first introduction into some of these these uh, NXT characters for a lot of, of mainstream wrestling fans, and I think it's the it's paid in dividends, you know. Justin Reed, he hit us up. He's at adfreeshows.com. Were, were there plans to include NXT and Survivor Series before this episode of SmackDown occurred? And why does Road Dog? you kind of hit on that already, but he yeah. also says, 
Why does Road Dog think there wasn't more crossover stuff between main roster and NXT after Survivor Series was over? Yeah, look, I, be- I believe it was a cool thing that started a, a, a groundswell that kind of made it the decision easy to make about Survivor Series. I think then post that, it's kind of a tougher decision to make because you have to sit down and think about, okay, are we going to have three brands, ba- bad brands battling each other all the time? Or are we going to have three specific brands with a champion on each and, and, and contain self-contained storylines? You know what I mean? So it's, it's always, once you do the brand split, it's always, okay, how serious are we about this brand split? You know what I mean? Like you, you now, and you probably will now only see the Usos and maybe Roman who is, uh, who are double champs on both shows. Like you shouldn't see a lot of crisscrossing. Cause I know, I know they want to be strict about the, about the brand split. So, but back then I think the decision was made back to the, back to your, back to your corners and to do your own wrestling television shows for a little while. Um, and we'll worry about this again next year around survivor series. So that's why I don't think we did much going forward. I think it's, it's, I don't know if it does anybody any favors, you know, once in a while it's cool, and it, but, but, but you beat a lot of people. You beat a lot of people that you need to be strong on the next week's television. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it is kind of at least, at least beat your people. Don't come over here and beat mine. Kind of reminds me of uh, a little bit of, the, uh, of Major League Baseball and the All-Star Game and how yeah. now they do so much crossover. The American League plays the National League in season. Yeah, the, the All Star Game and the World Series of we we haven't seen these teams now. You're like we might have saw that in the yeah. season. It kind of <laughs> yeah. takes it off if we're doing it every week. Yeah, then it's, it's not cool co- it's anymore. Cool, it's cool yes. for a promotional right. Every now and then, oh my God, they showed up. If they showed up every week, it doesn't matter. Yes. you know. Uh, and our last question, Jeremy Priest, uh, he hit us up on AFS. He said, "I still believe this was one of the best SmackDowns I've ever seen." Bottom line. How in the world did y'all do that on such short notice? It's absolutely crazy. It is crazy, and it's incredible. Thanks for the question, JP. But but it's 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 a testament to the people in the leadership roles in WWE. And and look, I'm not saying that people in leadership roles in other companies couldn't do the same thing. I'm just saying it's a testament to the the creativity of the leadership in WWE because we not only came up with all this, but we executed it all uh, under extreme uh, duress and a real skeleton crew, and we pulled it off. And so, uh, look, the the Observer at first recognized it, JP just recognized it, and I'll recognize it. We did the unthinkable, we did the impossible, uh, but in the immortal words of Vince McMahon, don't tell me how it won't work, tell me how it will. And that's the mentality we all attacked it with. Therefore, at the end of the day, we go, that was as good as we could do. And it was good enough. And so, so again, thanks to, uh, to all the team that, that we talked about here today as far as NXT leadership, uh, WWE leadership, everybody coming together and working from a creative standpoint and coming up with something that we could be proud of to, to this day. And so also, like, uh, like, like I thank that team, I thank this team. Uh, Cassio, you, Dom, Wesley, Steve, everybody, yeah, who comes together and makes this happen. I just walk in and sit down with poop in my pants sometimes and, and 
do this and you guys do all the heavy lifting. So yeah, we've had meetings the, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't mind. I don't <laughs> as long as you don't invite me to them, I don't mind at all. Um, <laughs> no, about the poopy pants, not about oh, you showing oh, up. Oh, my bad. Yeah. My bad. Well, nothing yeah. to do about that either. Um, at this age, some things just happen. And it's best just to let them happen. Um, so, so look at why I wear wear black pants. Gentlemen, in case I pee on myself, you can't tell. <laughs> I, I echo what Road Dog said. Thanks for everybody for interacting with us, sending in the questions, letting us know topics you want to hear about. Thank yep. you to the crew. Uh, before we get out of here, I always want to promote our adfreeshow.com situation over yes. at adfreeshows.com. Conrad recently debuted two new series, Making the Town, discussing oh, yeah. the history of the ECW arena and the book with David Manning going through world class with his father. Fritz von Erich's book, booking, wow. uh, excuse me, Fritz von Erich's booking book from January 9th. They have the actual booking actual book. Actual book, yeah. From, from 1982. Yeah, that's cool. incredible. Uh, that's all over at adfreeshows.com. Remember, you get all these shows early, including this one, and ad-free for as low as $9. $9. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating on all platforms. Remember to turn on notifications. Twitter handles, he's at Brian R.D. James. I'm at the Casio Kid, the podcast at You Didn't Know Pod on YouTube. If you're watching, thank you. You get to see our two beautiful mugs every single week. Wow! Like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. And follow us at YouTube.com/slash at Dog D O D O Double G Chef Road Dog. That was a good one, man. I had fun listening to this. That felt good. Yeah, it was. And it's just talking. You know, we're just talking and showboating. But it's it is fun. It is fun to relive these moments for me. Uh, and and I, I guess it's fun for you guys to hear some behind-the-scenes talk. Uh, but I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate you giving me the platform. What if it's not fun for them? Then you all need to stop listening and tune in to Steve Regal's podcast. I don't know. I, his is a good one. I'm just saying. You go over there. Or you could go to, I don't know. I thought you were going to tell Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> you promoted another pod. I was promoting another pod. Great. The Gentleman Villain. Great <laughs> one. Under the ad free <laughs> umbrella. I was just doing promotion. I'm sorry. But if you, here, let me, let me close it up in, in style. If you don't like the Oh You Didn't Know podcast, yeah, yeah. then I got two words for you. Suck it. <laughs>